0: He's now lost all his teeth. What Old. did you do to him?
1: Punched him times. Had all his times. teeth taken out.
0: <laughs> Hello, do you guys mind if we do a show here?
1: Yeah, we kind of do. <laughs> Thank We're you. having fun talking Thank about you.
2: animals. <laughs> and I haven't even There's thought There's more important dresses. things
0: to talk about here, Kevin. Oh, geez. <laughs> all right. Recording. Three, two. Hi,
3: this is Phil Ferguson. I took left at the valley
4: scream that we're atheists, you know, we don't have non-astrologers and all that, but with the religious people taking over the world, I mean, we can either speak up or be pushed into a corner. I'm proud to be an atheist, a skeptic, a non-believer, an infidel, a heathen, I call it how I see it, I say it's ignorance and you just call it faith and unsubstantiated claims, that's something to be ashamed, I'm an atheist. atheist.
0: Ah, recovering from an awful flu, this is Left the Valley. My name is Kevin and I can summarize that only the mediocre are always at their best.
2: <laughs> <Ooh>.
0: <laughs> Joining me as usual is a team that can claim that who claim that people who think they know everything are annoying to those of us who do.
1: Yep. <laughs> I have experience with that.
0: Indeed. Her fake plants died because she didn't pretend to water them, Nancy.
5: (laughs) Fantasy plants. That's what they all (laughs) are, fantasy plants.
0: And he says that laugh and the world laughs with you, snore and you sleep alone. Scott... I know that. (laughs) For a fact. I don't just say it, I live it. (laughs) (laughs) She'll tell you to go to heaven for the climate and hell for the company, Christina.
1: Yup, because you know what, I'm, well, unless hell is cold. Indeed. Then I'd go to hell, because I don't like heat. (laughs)
0: And she believes age is unimportant unless you're a cheese, Kirsten.
1: Very true. <laughs> or wine.
3: Oh, wine <laughs> yes, or yeah. wine. If wine you're or wine. You gotta be a cheese. I can the go with cheese. the cheese.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Guys, welcome I back. Know. I hope you had a great week. Uh, we're gonna have a very uh, bit of a different kind of show today because we have some guests Woo-hoo. in the studio. We have our old friend Chris the Christian Christiansen <laughs> and his faithful companion Zach. Guys, welcome back to Left of the Valley.
6: Thanks, thanks for having us, Kevin. Was that? Thanks for having us. Oh,
5: oh, we're don't always thank glad. To. Yet. Yeah, you, we're <laughs> always glad to have you. Standing invitation. Or sitting invitations.
0: (laughs) In this case, yeah. So today today we're going to have a show. We're going to be uh, trying to have a nice, respectful conversation between Christians and atheists. I've put away all weapons and uh, (laughs) all condiments and fruits and all that, so... uh
6: Except for the size you have hanging on your wall.
0: <laughs> yes, and, <laughs> I've got, and the swords and the or battle an axe, axe right beside me here. Yes, absolutely. All like within it, arm's reach. I like the battle axe. Don't you do That's martial arts? Weapon. Don't you not need weapons? Yeah, but, you know, it's, never, no, no, weapons it's not a bad thing to have an They're pretty. What if Jesus comes in and gets in between me and you all of a sudden? What happens then, right? I gotta go through him first. <laughs> <laughs> but first, we'll do a bit of chit-chat. Um, did you guys... Anybody watch that uh, rare blue-slash-blood-slash-supermoon?
5: It, it. it was cloudy.
3: It was cloudy, Yeah,
5: I read about it, and then I missed it. I tried
3: to jump up past the clouds, but they were too high.
5: Oh, yeah. you mean your your rocket powered
1: by steam didn't work?
0: That, that's happening today.
1: <laughs> oh, that's today? <gasps> today? That's oh, we should today. be watching that.
2: You know? That's
0: exciting. Zach, <laughs> to fill you in, Zach and Chris, there's a guy called uh, Mad Mike Hughes, and he's built a steam-powered rocket, and he wants to launch himself to a high altitude of 1,800 feet, which is 550 meters, so he can prove that the Earth is covered with a dome and the Earth is flat.
3: Well, to be fair, it is only his test flight. He's gonna... He's (laughs) the test, and then...
0: (laughs) Assuming he survives, I'm which I highly forwards. doubt. And so are we. So are we. So <laughs> you, you have to be in for that. So anyway, going back on the on the moon, there. Um, in case you guys didn't know, a blue moon is actually the second full moon in a month, and a red a red moon, a blood moon, is essentially a, a moon that's uh, that is facing an eclipse. Right, so the the sun has been on the earth, and it, only the red light goes through, and it makes the the moon mm-hmm. look red, and and also it was the closest in the orbit, which made it a supermoon. Gosh,
1: with, why why this is the one time mm-hmm. I hate living in a cloudy place. It was the first time
0: in 150 <laughs> oh. years this has happened, and it's going to be a while oh. that you have all the, the the trifecta of the moon there, and the moon was apparently 14 percent brighter.
1: Oh. Wow. So that's
0: actually visibly brighter. Yeah.
1: That's that's sad that. We didn't get to see it.
0: Okay. Let's go back to something even more sad. Did you guys hear there might be a serial killer in Toronto?
2: Yeah! Yeah.
0: Uh, Bruce MacArthur is 66 years old. Apparently five men from the gay village was uh, ki- were killed, and he buried them in planters.
5: Oh, I he's read a, a little a bit about that. Yeah. But, you know, I need the details. Well, not I don't, I need there's them, not a
0: whole lot of details at this point. Yeah. Uh, right now, they're, they're kind of comparing it to uh, Picton oh, and
5: what Lord. he did here. Yeah,
3: except and this guy, this guy. This Bruce MacArthur, from what I've been reading, uh, everybody says, no, he was quite the family man. Apparently, yeah. He was, he was yeah, very he, active with his Not family. the loner, apparently. He, he was, was active in his community. Nice. Everyone knew who he was. He was very active in the community. He, he uh, went to do a community events, and he was... Giving to charity all the time and and it's like really weird, right?
2: So,
5: it's amazing how many serial killers are able to blend in. It's like they have yeah. a total split in their personality. This is what I do to maintain my social persona, mm-hmm. and now I can go out and kill people. It's I mean, scary. it's just yeah. He, it's he really also scary. doesn't fit
0: the profile at the age of sixty-six. Most serial killers are much younger
3: men. Well, we don't know how long these bodies have been in the. How, how long's the the. The five five that they know, the five that they know about, how long have they been missing?
0: I'm I'm not sure. It doesn't. And
3: he could have started
5: out with small animals, you know, and then worked his way up. So the five that we
0: know, and how many we don't know. That's right. So it's a story we'll have to keep an eye on. I feel sorry
3: for the people who had the planters on their properties where the police showed up to the property and said, "We have to search your planters." Right? Yeah. You find bones at the bottom of the planters, and it's like, oh,
0: what have we done? What have we bought into here? Did you guys hear that there was going to be a sequel to Mel Gibson's Passion of the Christ?
1: Yeah, hasn't that been in the works for a while?
0: Actually, it has. Uh, what, Jim Caviezel. What, what exactly is the sequel to? Well, he, well, Jim Caviezel apparently uh, he's going to reprise his his role as Jesus, and uh, it, this time it's going to be focused on the resurrection. Uh, the the original one cost thirty million to make and uh, made about six hundred million six hundred eleven million globally.
5: Did you see that one, Chris? Yeah, I saw it. Zach, did you see that?
0: Yeah, I saw that, that one. What did you guys what, think of the movie? What
5: did you think of it?
6: Um, not bad, yeah. <laughs> Sorry.
5: It wasn't, wasn't at the top until it wasn't at the top of your list.
6: <laughs> I enjoyed it. Like For me, it was. It definitely put into perspective what I already believed Christ uh-huh. went through for us. Um, the only reason why I hesitated was I was thinking about it from a historical angle, now mm-hmm. that I've actually studied that time frame, like the whipping scene. Oh, I don't think it would have. Went it was gore porn, long, really. But, to me, right? I mean, geez, the, the whipping, the
0: whipping scene—they had like a, a cat of nine tails with metal spikes at the end. It's like, come on, it's huh. a bit much.
6: No, actually, that they, they would have they used use that. Yeah, that's actually really? historically. I, lo- I looked up uh, a lot of this
3: stuff myself after I watched the movie, and yeah.
6: That's one of the reasons why they actually think Jesus might have been like collapsing on the ground was because the whipping would have been so bad he would have been in critical condition by that point. Well, I think anybody yeah. who would have been in critical condition would have whipped
5: like yeah. that. So are you going to go see the sequel?
6: Yeah, might rise to the occasion.
5: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for those people that don't know Chris, he's a uh, he's a punny man.
5: He is, and we're going to put him in the punitentiary if yeah, he keeps this right. up today.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, did you guys hear that a uh, United Airlines barred a woman from bringing her quote emotional support peacock? That's okay, easy. I got oh,
1: something I about go that. That's because you <laughs> aren't allowed to bring emotional support animals on a plane.
0: Yes, you are.
3: You are allowed to bring dogs? Oh, You're allowed okay. to bring cats? But they they draw the line. Okay, explain to me exactly what an emotional support peacock is. <laughs> All right, that is the biggest It's a peacock bunch that of, listens to you. I'm sorry, that is the biggest bunch of BS I've <laughs> ever heard. You're doing good. <laughs> You're doing yeah.
4: good. No, that, I, got, I got wonder that'd how a well a peacock would do with air travel, like with on a plane. No, you
0: just fly beside the plane.
4: Yeah. <laughs> you
3: <laughs> you know, do never mind well, snakes be. on a plane. We got peacocks on a plane now.
5: Oh, I want to see Christina bring her cow. <laughs> no. That would be me. It would be a miniature oh, horse. Oh, that's okay.
1: Yeah. It would be a miniature horse. <laughs> now, to, well, that air that cabin, works.
0: to be fair, she did buy a seat for the peacock, didn't she? Yes, she did. She, she she offered to buy a seat uh, for for the uh, buy a ticket for the for the bird. United said it didn't meet the size, weight, and, uh, and guidelines.
5: Oh well, that I can understand. So it's not the bird itself. If it had been caged mm. and it would have fit. No, no. She the actually
0: seat. had the bird. Like the bird at some point was actually on her shoulder and everything. And it's a big male peacock with a big yeah. long tail. Oh and well, then it still
5: has a yeah. long tail
4: and everything,
0: Then yeah.
5: I can understand it.
0: Uh, and. Um, well, she just
5: forgot to tell them he was coming along with her. It was an oversight.
0: In the past couple of years there's been a 150% increase in service and uh, for support animals and all that, but there's also been an 84% spike in accidents uh, since uh, 2016, you know, like well, emotional support dogs biting the passenger next door or, or stuff like that.
3: Well, the other thing they've had is that people are bringing emotional support animals on that aren't emotional support animals at all. Yeah. Yeah, th- I would assume They're, they're lying could, about it. Yeah, right?
5: they would have to be, cer- I mean, if you're going to bring an emotional support animal, it would seems as though it would have to be certified in exactly. some way. See, the thing is yeah. you
1: can't, cer- like there's no certification process for an emotional support animal. I there, think there, there is. is a, for a service animal.
0: you could be, could be yeah. certified emotionally
1: but you can just print it one-off line for um, emotional sport animals. I
5: thought in some areas they actually did have some kind of certification. Maybe I, maybe I there's one so. that's needed at this point. Christina, yeah. hmm. well, you and I need to look into that. Maybe my personal
3: that. view is that I agree with United for once. I actually agree with him. <laughs> yeah. Don't let the peacock on the plane. Yeah. You want the peacock to
0: go, it's got to go in the cargo. That's the discrimination yeah. against the otherwise feathered. <laughs> yes, it
4: is. I'd like to see them try and fit that peacock in a crate. Yeah. Like, how big of a crate
0: are
3: they going to go here? It would have to be a large animal crate, yeah. But with that so, long tail.
0: And peacocks are loud. You you ever heard of, heard of peacock when yeah, they, they make so their sound? They're so they're
4: cool. cool. I like the one that wanders around at the zoo. Yeah, yeah. he's cool. his friend.
0: Um, did you guys hear that, uh, the, speaking of Canadian news, 24 Sussex Drive. You guys know where that is? That is the nope. residence of the Prime Minister?
1: Oh, okay, I do now. Well, it <laughs> was... <no. laughs>
0: It should be the residence of the Prime Minister. It's the official residence of the Prime Minister. The Prime Minister Trudeau moved his family out to Rideau Cottage because the house was in such dire needs of reservation, uh, reservation, renovations.
1: It Wait, needs, it, it hasn't been being kept up to date? It hasn't been being kept
0: up Oh, to date. no. It, doesn't it hasn't had air any revi- r- renovation in the past 50 years. What? what? Yes. That was awesome.
2: It though. needs
0: <laughs> urgent repairs, and there's been no renovation in 50 years for the 35 bedroom house built in 1868. Wow. Uh, it would cost $10 million <clears throat> to that's, renovate that's this house. not that much? we talk about windows plumbing electrical heating and air conditioning add some sprinklers and remove the asbestos
4: wait there's asbestos yes. oh my of course
0: my. there's asbestos they
4: need to get that done i don't blame him
5: for moving out uh, how much how much did 10 you, million 10 million well, they I, could build a new what, what would it cost to to raise it and and build a new you one? can't
3: raise it it's a it's a protected property because it was built in 1868
5: oh okay Yeah, yeah it's
0: historical it's historical it's,
2: yeah. the prime minister
0: said uh, he would actually rather not go back to the house so that's interesting. And then now it might become a political hot potato, too, because no, no prime minister wants to see themselves using taxpayer money yeah. to renovate the house for them. And this is why it hasn't been done in over 50 years, because the opposition then jumps on and says, well, look at you living in yeah. the lap of luxury on taxpayer dime."
3: Yeah, but he's in the Rideau, uh, Rideau cottage. cottage, which is the prime minister's personal Cottage, yeah. So he's not costing the taxpayers anything at this point. Mm-hmm. He is actually the the cost would be in transporting him back and forth to Parliament Hill, rather than having him live on 24 Sussex. and
2: Yeah.
0: Well, right? you know, it's 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 how you it's how you view it, right? And it's how the I, I guess he's afraid that it might become a, a political uh, mm-hmm. problem. I can. see and, and the opposition party could very well do something like that, and maybe well, sway maybe the something. opposition
3: sway the government into fixing it without his permission.
0: The, well yeah. <laughs> See, now, if they fix it
3: without his permission, it's not him spending the money. It would be the opposition spending the money, which falls right into his political lap, well, saying, it's, it's a lose. I'm the good guy here. It,
5: it's a lose-lose, <laughs> because you never know what party is going to be in the majority, and therefore, yeah. it, both parties are responsible.
0: Yeah. By, maybe what they need to do one is, way the other. is to renovate the house at the end of his term. So yeah. then they could be renovating the house for the potential next prime minister, and then maybe or the maybe opposition won't Maybe the them. prime
3: minister shouldn't be renovating the house at all. Maybe it should be, uh, the house should belong to the government of Canada and it's there it's the the federal institutions job to maintain the House in a livable state. That way it's not connected to the political parties at all. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, done through to the defend- government Does itself. it
5: have to be used as a residence, or yeah. can they well, turn it into a museum of some kind? And then, and then, but it would uh, still
3: have to be renovated,
0: right? Yeah, but, then
3: we're, we're, yeah, yeah, but it you'd could be
5: renovated be, like, a part, you know, like a little bit at a time or, or something. Wall-off. But then
0: what happens to every new each new prime minister that comes in, where you have him or her live in their own place in their own apartment in Ottawa somewhere okay. the residence is different somewhere else no have I we mean done? then you'd yes. have
5: another you, I guess you'd have to have a another designated um, government residence government
0: house yeah, yeah. Be, it's, it's, it's kind of saying oh let's abandon the White House and move, move the, the president somewhere else
7: isn't there a, like a cost of living thing for all the politicians that are in
3: yeah, Ottawa yeah they all have apartments in Ottawa anyway all of our members of Parliament have uh, apartments in Ottawa because they all live in their own ridings, right? Mm. So what would be the difference for the Prime
0: Minister? That's interesting.
5: Well, they're going have to put together a committee and, you know, find a solution that nobody's happy about, and then it'll be fine.
0: Well, when Nancy's elected Prime Minister, we'll change all that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Canadian news, uh, did you guys hear the Canadian national anthem actually becomes gender-neutral?
2: Yep.
0: Yeah. That's a good thing. Yes. Yes. The, the Senate passed a bill, and uh, the, the 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 old line of "In all thy son commands" is going to become "In all of us commands."
1: See, I don't like the specific word they changed it to. It doesn't flow as nicely. Yeah. I like find. if they'd done "All of our commands."
0: No, because it's all of "In all of us commands." It commands all it,
1: of in,
3: us. It commands oh,
1: all of us. Okay. It's a right. I yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I see that.
0: So it needs Rural in at this point, but they've had their third reading, uh, so uh, uh, there's been a lot of uh, criticism from the Conservatives. Uh, what people might not know is the, uh, just a form that we just had of the Canadian National Anthem actually became the National Anthem in 1980. Mm-hmm. It's fairly recent. I remember. So I remember
3: being in school for that. It's very
0: hard. It's very hard to go with, say, old tradition, tradition.
3: Well,
1: yeah. Well, and then you realize that in like 20 years, kids won't even know anything different. They'll just be like, oh, yeah, that's how you sing the national anthem.
3: Exactly. No, it's a good change. It's a proper change. And they've they've obviously thought it out. And yeah, it's perfect.
0: All right, moving on. My dear Nancy, you have another one of those top 10 lists today?
5: I do. And it's it's coincidental that the top 10 is the same time that we have our good friends. It's almost like it was prepared that way. Almost. The top (laughs) 10 It almost. But it's just absolutely coincidental, and it happens to be the top 10 atheist books. Oh, ah, yeah, I know. I probably
6: read some of them. Yeah, probably you
5: <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Probably. You may have some of these listed in in your thesis. <laughs> we never know. Anyway, there there really isn't a one to ten, but I'll do a ten to one anyway because that's a, that's a lot of fun. Okay, the number number ten top atheist book is one by Bertrand Russell, Why I Am Not a Christian, and other essays on religion and related subjects. Mm. Anybody read that one? No. Oh, that's an old Chris one. Chris has. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't be turned off. I mean, when you think of the name Bertrand Russell, it's a very formal name, and when you think about a lot of modern writers, you know, versus the, uh, the, the older style, you might be put off, but it is an outstanding book, and it forms a basis of a, a lot of a lot of books that were <clears throat> that were um, uh, you know that came along after that. I was very surprised that Robert Ingersoll wasn't on this list, but I'm happy that whoever did this list did include Bertrand Russell. So it, it really is a, a must read. Not tomorrow, but it's a they're, they're really good read. They're they're essays and they're not all that long. Um, number nine: Atheism: The Case Against God by George Smith. Mm-hmm. Anybody read that one? Well, no. so no. far we're I thought,
0: yeah, yeah we're for two here.
5: Okay, that that book is is theism a reasonable and rational position, or can a better case be made for atheism and against faith in the existence of gods? So that's supposed to be an interesting book. Those are two. If you haven't read them, put them on your list, and um, maybe there'll be something in in there that uh, you know maybe a point of view that you've overlooked and can add to some of your um, some of your thinking um number eight um, author Victor Stinger. Anyone uh, for me? Right. Ah, yes. Victor okay.
0: Stenger. Yeah, of course. Okay. The late Victor, Victor Stenger.
5: Okay. Um, the book that is listed here is "God: The Failed Hypothesis: How Science Shows That God Does Not Exist." And um, it's, it's supposed to be. A, what do you What do you know about Stenger's book?
0: He's brilliant. Uh-huh. Uh, he's extremely eloquent. I did not read his book, but I tried to. Shortly before he died, I tried to get him as an interview. Oh, okay. And uh, he passed kind of suddenly there, and. Uh, it's a shame it's one of those interviews that we would have been absolutely he's a, he's a bit like Jerry Coyne in that sense oh is he yeah he's, he's very eloquent he's very he, he used like 25 letter long words all the time I mean, it's very up there
5: Oh, okay. So, can you can you download any videos if people don't want to if they want to get an idea of who he is? Is it possible? Yeah, to, you videos totally can. And,
0: he, and uh, some of his books have become audio as well uh, with the oh, help okay. of our friend uh, David Smalley there. Okay. From Dogma Debate, so uh, he's uh, he's done some uh, some of his books. So.
5: Oh, okay. Did, did Christina? Did you say
1: you had read that one? No, too? I haven't read that one yet. But oh, okay. it definitely sounds like one I'd be interested. Okay. in Okay. Anything Num-
5: with science. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Number seven by Dan Barker mm. losing faith in faith from preacher to atheist anybody read that one no but Dan Barker's a pretty I, I well known I've listened to He's quite well a few of his interviews yeah. oh, had we you? had
0: him on the show too yeah,
5: yeah we did yeah we did Dan yeah. was great so that's that's one that uh, we've had uh, if anyone wants to, to look that up on our podcast mm. list you can hear the interview and then go on and, and read the book if and that's probably one of
0: the greatest line I heard from Dan Barker was when people say uh when they and when they say, uh, "If uh, what's your purpose if there's no God?" and he said, "What a sad line to say!" It's like it's akin to saying, "If there's no master, whose slave should I be?" And I yeah. thought it was just a brilliant line.
5: Yeah, Chris, is that one that's on on your list? Since he started out as a Christian and then changed?
6: Uh, I haven't read his stuff. Uh I've been, just finished editing a book, though, that engaged with some of his arguments, so I've some familiarity with them.
5: Yeah, okay, good. Um, number six, Sam Harris, one of our of more well-known. And his book, Letter to a Christian Nation.
0: I have it right here.
5: You, oh, that one you've read? Oh, yes. Yeah? Anybody else I read that it, one? It's,
0: it's not a big book, but it's 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 really to the point. You know, when he talks to Christian and it's like... Banging in there And Zach's trying to find A book in the bookcase It's up there somewhere Zach I'll let it to you, I, if you, I want. you, I you. I'll let it to you If you want it's, yeah, a good I, it's not a big book It's actually a fairly Small book But it's it's really Pointing at Directed
5: He's po- got so many videos Did he do this one As a video Or as a talk
0: I don't know Not I'm aware of
5: Yeah Okay Number five um, is the end of faith, religion, terror, and future of reason. Again, mm-hmm. Sam Harris. So, to Sam Harris's book, and the book description on this is that the book delivers a startling analysis of the clash of faith and reason in today's world, and he offers a vivid historical tour of mankind's willingness to suspend reason in favor of religious beliefs. Is that a pretty fair description?
0: No, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Speaking of Sam Harris, he's going to be in the area, uh, he's going to face off against Jordan Peterson. Oh. And I think, I can't remember which, it's it's, it's happening fairly soon.
1: I think it's in Ontario.
0: No, I thought it was here in Vancouver.
1: Not oh. with Jordan Peterson. Okay. With the one with Jordan Peterson
5: is in Ontario.
0: Look it up, guys, and let me know. Yeah,
5: so if, if you <laughs> want to... It's happening at the center of the universe. So which which of these Sam Harris books would you read first? Letter for a Christian Nation or End of Faith?
0: I'm pretty sure I read both. I, I mean, which
5: one would you start with, or does it well, matter yeah, if you
0: want to get used to Sam Harris and as a way of reading, you start with the letter to a Christian nation? It's smaller, and it's you know, it gives you a bit of an intro into him. Okay, you know, and then of course, uh, yeah,
5: sounds good.
6: My first experience with Harris was uh, the moral landscape. Oh yeah, okay, oh. uh, yeah. I read that, and I read uh, end of faith. Uh, yeah.
5: Huh. yeah. What do you think of him as an author?
6: He's got a very engaging writing style. Like, I actually laughed a few at a few of his jokes and whatnot. Okay. Um, obviously, you know, didn't agree with where he ended up going with it. But, you know, it was easy enough to read. It was easy enough to follow his train of thought on most of the issues. The only thing I kind of couldn't track with was... Um, where he got more into the Eastern philosophy side of Mm -hmm. his worldview and how he saw that as a way of, like, encouraging morals. I couldn't quite make the connection between what he was saying and his end point, so. Yeah,
5: yeah. Oh, good. I'd like like to get everybody's point of view. And anybody who wants to know more
6: about Sam Harris, there are
0: tons of videos on YouTube about him debating other people, and they're usually absolutely brilliant. Uh,
5: Okay, so number four. This is one I think everybody is familiar with by Christopher Hitchens. (laughs) God is not great. Absolutely. And how many many of us have read God is not great? I have it right over there. (laughs) Right over there, yeah. Chris, is that one that you use as a reference? Yeah.
6: Yeah. That's actually the one that I've had the hardest time getting through. I've been working on it for three years. I've read The God oh. Delusion. I've read End of Faith. Had the hardest time getting through with through Hitchens. Hitchens had an interesting way
0: of speaking and writing. I mean, he, he, again, very, very eloquent. You know, and you realize, you know, when you start reading Hitchens, it's like, okay, your brain's got to jump up a notch here <laughs> and, and start really paying attention because otherwise you get lost real quick.
5: Yeah, that's for sure. Okay, number three. Daniel Dennett. Mm. Again, one of the four horsemen. Breaking the Spell, Religion as a Natural Phenomenon. That's supposed to be a fairly controversial book. Did, is anybody I, I haven't read that read one?
6: I think that has to do with his referring to at least a part of it has to do with him referring to certain people as brights Oh. And the implications for those that do not hold to that particular view. Yeah, he, oh. him, him and Dawkins had uh,
0: had an idea of doing that to try to get away from the word atheist because it has such a negative connotation, that maybe sorry calling people brights, but that kind of backfired right. on them.
5: Yeah, did you find it easier to get through than Hitch- than um, um, uh, Hitchens?
6: Uh, I've got his book in my library. I don't think I've actually read through it yet. No, I, I think f- they're about the same. Yeah, in their in the in their, their,
5: their yeah. speech pattern. Number two, um, this is an interesting one because I'm not familiar with <laughs> I'm not familiar with the author. David Mills, Atheist Universe: The Thinking Person's Answer to Christian Fundamentalism. Hmm. That was a surprise. I mean, it depends on top tens, or depends on who's making the list, yeah, course, which never. makes it interesting. Because then, as we go through them, we can decide: okay, would this be the list I'd put together, or what's missing? So this one, I'm not familiar with at all. Anybody familiar with oh? that? No. Yeah. The description on this is that it's a clear, concise, and persuasive book that details exactly why God is unnecessary to explain the universe and life's diversity organization and beauty. So sounds interesting. Um, he uses logic, common sense, philosophy, ethics, history, and science, which is a lot to pack into mm-hmm. one book. Mm-hmm. Okay, number one. Anybody want to guess what number one is? It's
0: gotta be the God Delusion.
5: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thinking,
0: it had to be that one. It's...
5: it. Really, it really the, did. The it, only book on this list I've actually read. <laughs> yeah. I mean, whatever. This this list happens to be from booktalk.org, org, but when I researched to find. top ten atheist books on other lists. It's just impossible to find a list that doesn't have David Richard Dawkins and the God Delusion uh, as the top book
4: to read. So,
5: Everybody's everybody's read that one, and yeah. you have to work your way down down this. I it, have
4: not. Yeah. You Have not what? Yeah, I have not read anything on this. A, lo- on a lot this of
0: list. Yeah. a lot of atheists credit that book with being that well, with that book the, that really made the me thing
1: switch. is Kirsten. I'm just going to jump in here for yeah. you. She didn't grow up religious, so that's for right, her that's right. it wasn't like so, oh, what is this non-religion? Yeah. for me she didn't
0: need persuasion. I
1: exactly. the, yeah. the God delusion was actually the first book I read. Come like when I became an atheist mm. because and I, and none of my family actually knew I was an atheist then, so I kind of had to sneak it into the
5: house. It was really fun. <laughs> so what what book it, it, that you've read it, that you think should be on a top ten that isn't that wasn't on this one?
0: Ooh. Oh, goodness. That's uh, The the book that's strictly atheism? Because atheism can encompass a lot of things. For example, uh, Richard Dawkins' The Selfish Gene. That's that's a a book about genes Mm. and and chromosomes. It's not about atheism, but it makes a very extremely strong case for evolution at that point, which is, in a way, almost tied to atheism because... I have a hard time finding an atheist that doesn't yeah. support yeah. evolution.
1: It's, it's really interesting because I've actually not read a lot of strictly atheism books because I, I found when I came out of religion and I became an atheist, I wasn't actually that interested in reading books that dealt with Christianity because I was more interested in my whole life. I'd grown up believing that science was a lie and that the like everything that people were telling me in school and... Everything was just wrong. So I came into this world where, oh, my gosh, space is old. <laughs> the universe is old. Like, climate change is a thing. Evolution is a thing. So I was, I was, I mainly gravitated toward, like, science books and reading, like, philosophy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and psychology and things that more dealt with reality.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> Versus looking, okay, well, why, why do I not believe in Christianity? I was like, well, I just don't believe it. So I don't really care about. Like reading into it more, I
0: yeah. think that's probably why you were saying it was difficult to find a list because sometimes you think I've got a couple of books for in there. In there, for example, uh, about James Randi, and you know how he talks about atheism, but he also talks about the magic trick and skepticism, right? Mm-hmm. Because they're so interconnected in a way that to just have a book on simple atheism itself yeah. is not always well, an easy thing well, one of
5: the books one of the books on atheism that i i was surprised not to find as hitchens is on here but i found the portable atheist mm-hmm. to be a, a really good one because it goes through uh, it, it's atheist thought going back to the, the greeks and then bringing it up oh, cool. to the yeah, yeah to the future so what what would you put on there chris or Zach.
7: <laughs> I'm personally not much of a reader. So.
5: Yeah, I'm not yeah, you know I, the best book to put on? The Holy Bible, guys.
1: Read that <laughs> book and oh hey, you're an atheist now.
2: Yeah.
6: <laughs> I haven't found that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Michael Roos actually has, has an interesting one. He's still an atheist, but he has one called science and spirituality. Uh-huh. And he shows where he thinks that uh science definitely has like proven itself mm-hmm. over. But he also acknowledges where he thinks that like, there might be room f- beyond just looking at the science of things.
1: Well, the thing with science is that there's so much we don't know that you're always going to have gaps that you can insert religion into and be like, oh, well, we don't know when this happens. So we're saying, oh, it was, it's spiritual. It's, it's God. But the only problem ah. then is then it's like, oh, well, if we just assume it's God or spirituality, then we don't have to go look for it and find the actual naturalistic answer for it.
5: Sure. Yeah. Anyway, it's good. Good list. It's a good one to uh, you know stimulate your thought process and maybe add to your library or start to read if you haven't read any atheist books. So mm-hmm. that's a that's a fun one. And actually, it turned out it's a nice coincidence. With, with Chris. <laughs> I, I love
1: good. how I love how the Christian or like Chris. Being a Christian, as I read more atheist books than some... Like, yeah, well, Is it
5: And all of us together? That, that only surprises you because you don't know Chris as well as you yeah. should And
0: somehow he's still a Christian.
5: Yeah.
0: Well, you know, he's stubborn. We'll, we'll, we'll get him on our side eventually. Right. But now, let's do a segment that we always love called... <laughs> Another brilliant moment.
4: Brought to you by religion. <laughs> I knew if I did it, she was going to get mad at me again. Oh, okay.
0: Well, I don't want to offend you guys with these stories, but you, you just have to talk but about them.
4: The fact it. is, is that this happens. Yeah. <laughs> now, how often do you guys
0: have to deal with demons?
1: All the time. All the time.
0: According to one Irish priest, the answer is all the time. (laughs) He's requesting a backup in the form of more exorcists from the Catholic Church, citing a dramatic increase in demonic dilemmas. Oh, my. (sighs) This is Father Pat Collins who wrote a letter urging bishops to train more priests to be exorcists so that the church can keep up with the demand.
1: Can, like, Uh. it's so depressing how... How many people with actual mental like disorders, like schizophrenia mm. or <clears throat> epilepsy, people like are like, oh, you just have demons, so we're going to like tie Exercise. you in a bed and like chant over you. It's like, yeah. no, they need medication and professional mental help. <laughs> like, exorcism isn't a thing.
0: <laughs> no, it's 2018, right? We oh. need more exorcists.
1: The problem is, a lot of these people are more likely to go to impoverished places where they still believe in... Like those, de- like, believe in demons, and it's like, oh, you are like, you have Tourette's? Oh, well, we're just gonna exercise you, because that's obviously a demon, not a neurological disorder.
0: <laughs> Did you guys or ever sh- see this? Where's video? this guy from? Uh, Ireland. He's from Ireland.
1: Yeah. That impoverished nation. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, did you guys ever see that video? Just do a sidebar here. That video of uh, this happened in somewhere in Africa, and there's a, a, a black exorcist or some guy there, and he's exorcising this guy, and this guy's on the floor writhing in pain until his cell phone rings. Oh my god! Then he picks up his cell phone and just answers normally. <sighs> Okay, okay. All right, see ya. He hangs up his cell phone and then he continues writhing in pain as wow. everybody's
2: watching.
5: You, you'd think they would think, hmm, let's pause the video. <laughs> well, I, I knew a couple in the U.S. that did marital, marital counseling um, by exorcism. They they felt that... What? that they, they truly felt with their uh, fundamentalist church that um, with a married couple who married and who loved each other, that somehow they were possessed by demons, and if the demons left, that it would restore harmony in their marriage, so that's how they did marriage counseling. Didn't we do a
1: story a while ago about how, like, there were people who thought the LGBT people, like, were just possessed? Oh, yeah. There's, like yeah. yeah. There's always I a story like so that. There's always a
3: number. I'm going to throw a number out there. With with this story coming out and, and other events mm-hmm. happening, I'm going to throw a number out and then you guys can guess what that number's for 2032.
0: 2032.
1: Yep. When the world gets taken over by demons? Well, close. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Going to be another end of the world. Thing?
3: We're gonna be we're gonna be burning witches at the stake again by
5: 2032. Oh, yeah. well, um, we already are burning witches at the stake. Yeah, well, I mean not you're not in not Western, not Western countries. Oh, okay. You're you're assuming there'll be enough trees left to do that.
3: Right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Nancy. I forgot. Yeah, we got to cut them all down.
0: So, Colin said he was baffled that the bishops haven't trained more exorcists in Ireland, and added that anyone who doesn't see the need for more exorcists is out of touch with reality. <laughs> Can't help. But there's one sentence, yes, she, I'm uh, uh, actually acknowledging that I agreeing. He says, "What quote, he says, What I'm finding out desperately is people who in their own mind believes, rightly or wrongly, that they're afflicted by, the, by an evil spirit. That's actually a well, true yeah,
1: statement. When you have a mental disorder such as schizophrenia, it's a common delusion to think that you are possessed by an oh, evil spirit. You're exactly. hearing
0: the voices, right? Yeah, that,
1: that is a common delusion.
0: Collins said uh, he acknowledges that some of the people falsely believe they are possessed by demons, which means that a rise in possession could actually be a rise in something else. Maybe mental illness or decline in treatment in said illness. In that case, then the last thing we need are more exorcists who would exaggerate the problem by finding it
1: because the issue is when you tell people they oh it's just the demons they're less likely to take their medication somehow
0: I'm thinking that it should be oh it's
3: just schizophrenia not oh it's just the demons that's (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I was infected by demons I think that would be a
0: pretty serious thing somehow (laughs) yeah all right another story Now over the years there's a Christian hate pastor Steven Anderson Never I heard of
1: recognize him? the name. He I forget has. exactly what brand of hate he. He's an pedals. independent
0: fundamental Baptist who church whose church operates without any oversight from a larger body. Yeah. He said all sort of all, all sorts of over the top extreme things about gay people, especially. He uh, celebrated the death of dozens of people at the Pulse nightclub. Remember that wow. one? By saying the good news about the massacre is that there are fifty less pedophiles in the world.
1: Wow, he is a
0: he's a, he's a piece great right. person. He also said the U.S. government should execute homosexuals by the way of firing squad, because that's what the Bible commands.
1: Actually,
3: stoning to
0: death,
1: not firing squad.
3: <laughs> well, I guess firing squad is kind of stoning to death, because you're hitting them with things, right? True. Yeah.
1: Unle- but only if the bullets are made out of stone.
0: Well, <laughs> his gleeful bigotry has frequently been a problem, though he uh, he attempts to visit foreign countries now to win over converts, But... Some countries are fighting that. He's been banned from, from Botswana, South Africa, the United Kingdom, and Canada.
1: Yes, go us. And
0: now you could just add Jamaica to that list.
2: Wow. Oh.
0: And Jamaica is not known as a bastion no. for gay people, though.
3: No, but some people are just a little too over the top with their yeah. people,
0: uh, with legal age, b- right? bigotry, right? Yeah. The decision was made by the chief immigration officer because the pastor's statements are not conducive to the current climate, said spokesperson of the Ministry of National Security on Monday. University of the West Indies, where Anderson was slated to speak, also rescinded the invitation. Uh, Very good. Good on them. And what's especially telling about this band is that Jamaica, like I said, is not some haven for LGBT rights. A man having sex with another man is a crime punishable by life imprisonment Holy in Jamaica.
1: Holy crap.
4: Seriously? Yes. Hate...
1: What
4: about a woman having sex with a woman? It doesn't say. <laughs> you know, all these seem to really go after the men yeah. more so than the women.
0: It is. It really, it really is. <laughs> and then they watch women on women porn after that. Yep. Uh, hate crimes against the LGBT people are incredibly high. Uh, the U.S. State Department said that homophobia was widespread in the country as recently as 2012. Um, So how hateful, how bad of a guy do you have to be for a country that's not really particularly nice to the LGBT to kick you out? No kidding. Yeah. I mean, you're too anti-gay for Jamaica, at that (laughs) point. So that's the good news about that. Well, thank you so much, guys, for that. Excellent. Let's move on. All right. We're see, not doing a commercial break today. Lost the feed or what? That's... No, I just have to find the spot. Jeez. <laughs> I'd like to see you do all that tech here while you're sitting here loftly. I'm
3: just watching your fingers pour over the keyboard, <laughs> listening to you mutter to yourself. <laughs>
0: and edit, edit that in post. Edit that in post. All right. So today we're going to have a conversation with our two Christian guests here. And I just, like I said, I want to repeat: uh, no, no, no punches below the belt, no (laughs) rabbit punches. And you come out in your corner if I have to say that. Get all the fun out of it. What about above the neck? Above the neck? But, yeah. Well, yeah, that's a punch in the face, I
2: guess. <laughs> I'm
5: trying... You know what? The, the funny thing is, is it really is it, it really is so humorous. When have we not had a really good, civil, and interesting conversation with our guests? We'd love to have them that's back. True. We've had. We've known them for... I don't know. How long have we known you, Chris? Since so 2014? Yeah, 7, since North, the Carrier-Corner debate? Yeah.
2: Well,
3: yeah. wait yeah. You know, that's not fair, because Kevin ties me up in the... Corner
0: and won't let you <laughs> talk. You got the right guest. nice to the guest. Ga- Who
5: is that?
0: Don't make don't make me pull out the the the, 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 the gag there. The ball gag for you. Yeah.
5: <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right. So I guess uh, we'll start the conversation maybe by letting these uh, two gentlemen introduce themselves and uh, how we know them and what they're doing as part because like, Chris, especially, you're, you're you're studying all this. Zach, I'm not sure if you are too, but. I'll let you guys introduce yourself to the audience.
6: Hey, so I'm Chris. Nice to be back on Left at the Valley. I, uh, he says that now. <laughs> yeah, okay, so we'll come back to that if I change my mind. But the, uh, <laughs> no, I've been going to Fraser Valley Atheists, Skeptics, and Humanists since 2014. I, that's how I got to know Kevin, plus arguing with him over Facebook on some of the the group posts. Actually, I think I got to know him through that before I met him in person. Um, Yeah, and then Kevin started inviting me on the show to do debates. Um, I'm studying uh, Christian apologetics. means how to give a defense for your faith. It comes from the Greek word apologia. And, yeah, I would like to look at books like Richard Dawkins' A God Delusion, Sam Harris' The End of Faith, Daniel Dennett Breaking the Spell. Look at what they're saying against Christianity and try to say, okay, this is an honest objection that they have. Is there a response that I could give that maybe would help them overcome that objection? Is there something maybe that I do need to seriously consider here? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so I've I've found some areas that I'm really interested in now as a result. Uh, I particularly am interested in looking at ethics, at historicity of certain Christian truth claims, and, yeah, just general epistemology. And then, um, what was I about to say here? (laughs)
0: And last time you were on the show You were actually debating our old friend Tyler About the history of Jesus And you even came and debated another person About the history of Jesus Which was Gemma Page So this is like your third or fourth time on the show Yeah, third time Yeah, there we go Cool Zach Hey,
7: I'm Zach And uh Unlike Chris, I, I'm not studying apologetics,
0: um, but, but he's I, got that sweet chin hair, man.
7: He's got <laughs> a long, sweet beard. I, I did crop it off as about three inches longer than it is. Oh, really? Now, so well, I appreciate you making yourself pretty for us. Well, you know, <laughs> yeah,
0: that, that do was do for, for the just girlfriend. Hey, okay,
7: yeah. Kevin,
3: I don't know about your standards, but that doesn't equate to pretty to me. That's.
0: Oh, he's a good-looking guy. Come on. <laughs> I'll, <laughs> I'll
3: take, I'll I'll take what I can guy. get yeah, on that. Call yeah, pretty, and that, I'm sorry, he's just not pretty. He's a
0: handsome man.
3: Okay, I'll. He's a handsome one.
0: man. <laughs> but
7: uh, well, I appreciate the comments. Um, since our <laughs> listeners can't see me, I guess I'll have to take your guys' word for it. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm, uh, I work at a concrete block plant here locally in Abbotsford. Um, I've done some studying um, at Trinity Western University. So I've had some Christian teaching um, at a university level. Uh, I wouldn't consider myself a scholar or an overly um, book-heavy reader person, but yeah, I'm a Christian. I love the challenge of my faith. I think that people should constantly be challenging the positions that they have. Um, I quite enjoyed going to the skeptics group a few times. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a bit of a drive for me now because I actually live in Langley, but uh, I've enjoyed the discussion because I think people should always be challenging their personal views. Um, I don't think that we should just get stuck in one spot and never at least challenge our views. So yeah, that's yeah. why I'm here.
0: Cool.
1: It's good to have you. Yeah. Yeah.
0: There's also a bit of a bromance developing between me and Zachary. <laughs> Aw.
1: We could tell.
7: They're, they're yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. Good thing this is just a listening program. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, we we're live on Facebook right now,
3: too. Get your hands alright, get your hands off each other. Let this <laughs> oh Rebecca oh.
6: would be jealous.
2: <laughs>
0: uh,
6: you're getting me all excited now. Oh
0: my god <laughs> Oh, okay. I guess the first question we should ask, I guess, is of uh, our Christian guests is why are you a Christian? Why, what, uh, did you, you were always born and raised in, in,
6: in raising Christianity. Why have you remained a Christian? Well, I was born uh, in a Christian home, but I, I don't know, I kind of went to church because my parents made me. Yeah. It wasn't really something that I was interested in in particular. Uh, by the time I was 15, I pretty much was convinced that. Maybe God existed, Mm -hmm. but I actually thought I was the only person in the world who God hated. Because really, yeah, uh, it's interesting. God hates you. I don't have a chance. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't know him at fifteen.
2: Yeah, that's true. true.
6: (laughs) Typical teenager, right? But no, I uh, I really didn't understand a lot about Christian doctrine. Like it's amazing how much you can grow up in the church, but not really learn anything. Mm. And so from what I understood, if you were a Christian, life was always going to be easy for you. And, you know, God loves you, so nothing bad ever happens. And it was a real problem for me. And it felt like a lot of the time I was just more and more depressed because it just felt like life kept getting worse. And it was actually only when I was 18 that somebody sat down and did some apologetic style stuff with me about suffering and about how that ties into Christian belief that it finally actually overcame what my objections to Christianity were. So I didn't actually have a faith until I was 18. Hmm, well,
5: okay. The, Chris, did, did just so that I understand what you're saying, did you feel that when bad things happened to you, it wasn't just a coincidence, it was because God was consciously abandoning you? you
6: yeah. um, I don't know if it was... Yeah, probably it was a mix of that, but also maybe just that he wasn't stopping it. Like, I think wasn't it Bertrand Russell who kind of brought up the problem of evil? Like, you know, if God's all good and all powerful, why doesn't he stop horrible things from happening to people that are trying to trust him, right? So that was my question, essentially.
5: So it was a more worldwide view than just you being abandoned or ignored as 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 the only individual that that he was not, um, um, that he didn't like.
6: Yeah, because I mean, I just, I never really saw any of my other Christian friends talking about hard times that they were going through. It seemed like they always said, I put my faith in God and everything went really well. And so I was like, you know, the few times that I tried, it felt like it usually just went the opposite route. And it was somebody sitting down and saying like, no, hey, like I've gone through a crappy time before. It's, uh," he showed me a story of this woman who was down in South America doing missionary work with her husband. And she, her husband was a bush pilot who would go into the Amazon jungle and meet with the natives there. And what happened was, what for a week, she was, he, her husband was meeting with the tribe and bringing gifts to them and all this different stuff. But then one day, her husband didn't come home. Two days later, his body was found floating in the Amazon River with arrows all throughout him, and the two other pilots with him were killed as well. Well, she was, I think, five months pregnant, and she'd only been in the Amazon about six months And so she was just feeling like, you know, God, why did you call us down here just for this to happen? Well, fast forward 20 years, her son goes, finds a tribe, finds the man that killed his father. (laughs) He actually shares the gospel with them. The whole tribe converts. Now him and the guy that killed his dad tour around the world together sharing their story. And it just gave me this perspective of, okay, yeah, crap happens. Actually, I can't find anywhere in the Bible that promises it won't now that I've read it. Um, But it just showed me that, you know, good things can come out of bad situations. And when I finally did reevaluate the things in my life that had been driving me away, I was like, no, I can't actually see the purpose, the point behind it. It's not just meaningless suffering.
5: Hmm. It's interesting because a lot of people... Um, you, like you, when they start doubting and saying, you know, maybe there, there isn't a God, they go from there to being more secular. But for, for you, it, it, what you're saying, it was more like the beginning. You began to question, but then you com- did the turnaround and really became, you know, m- m- more a believer, you know, in, in your faith than and less. So that's it's interesting. that You know, it's the exact opposite of faith, most f- of the, f- f- the f- faith schwang. stories that we hear. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
7: Yeah.
0: How about yourselves, Zach?
7: Well, um, I started out like Chris in a Christian home. Mm-hmm. Um, I my family were Christians. So they took me to church, all of that. Um, I would cons- I would say that uh, I was probably a little young to be um, to be to be thinking entirely with reason and logic. But at about eleven years old, I um, started thinking world view um, trying to figure out life i I watched my father who 's a, a farmer and he he works hard um, he works more than your eight hours a day he doesn 't get vacations etc, and he works hard and he his life has been working for his family, working so other people can enjoy life. Um, I grew up at eleven years old, thinking i didn 't want to go through all the the suffering of work and have less enjoyment um maybe a a bad skewed view that i had of my my family or my my father but i got to the point where it's like well i don't want to live if life is just work for you know less pleasure than the work i put out um and at, at that point i was yeah i was going through an existential crisis at 11 years old and um I I, sought, I I came to the, the, the conclusion at that age that if there is no God, I'd rather just not live because there's nothing that I can see at that point that I want to live for, that I could achieve. And yeah, pessimistic, I hey, get yeah, it. That took a, 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 a turn for the dark real quick, didn't it? Yeah, but uh, that was okay. That, again, that's 11. Um, at that age, I, I basically prayed to God and I said, if you exist then you've given there there must be some reason why I'm alive. If you don't exist, I'd rather just not go through it. Um it wasn't that life was terrible. I I mean I was a kid. I had all the yeah, luxuries like... of life handed to me, but uh that was that was the beginning of my my um understanding of God because I I felt like I had I felt like his presence was there with me and I know that people say they've had that experience in other religions and other things, but that was my first experience with God is him. Basically, I felt like he was there and telling me he was there. Um, From there, I I started to question who God was. Was it the God that I had gone to church and knew, or was it just some, um, was it just a God that somehow or other had a different personality or whatever? And I, I went through a few years of kind of thinking and going through different religions and looking at how they viewed God Um, and came to sort of the conclusion that all of the religions were fairly similar except for um, it was always your good deeds versus your bad deeds except for Christianity where actually even if your bad deeds outweigh your good deeds you still get to go to heaven Um, you just have to allow God's grace over your life and so it sort of kind of threw me into this thing where I realized I often did what I did not want to do. Um, I couldn't follow the law. I wasn't very good at that. And over the uh, over the years as I got older, um, I've realized that I don't always do what I want to do. And it's not that I don't try to do what's good. It's just that I don't always do it. And that's kind of always been this, like, I know my bad deeds are going to outweigh my good deeds.
0: I know that. No, um, hold on a sec. Hold on a sec. That's very pessimistic. Why, I understand that bad deeds... Have more impact on the moment, right? We have a tendency to remember bad moments with much more impact. But if you actually did, you ever actually uh, ever do a calculation and an well, actual here's here, here's good how days I, versus
7: bad days? Here's how I, I would. I would view it, though. If I, I have if a hard I you, If I punch you in the face right now, which I won't do. You'd break my heart. No, but... Uh, <laughs>
6: the bromance is over.
2: Or if, <laughs> if, if,
7: if, it's just begun. <laughs> I didn't know you were into that, but... Um, <laughs> if I punched you in the face, what would it take to actually... <laughs>
2: This is a... is are so, so making him uncomfortable. This is... This is okay,
5: okay, I'm
3: getting uncomfortable. I'm no, the this, one through the commenter.
2: We didn't
5: derail a, it this time. Have this Kevin. is a first. We've never had a, a budding bromance. <laughs> <laughs> I
6: don't know. The last time I was here, I thought me and Kevin had something. but yeah, yeah, actually, We always yeah. have something. Congra-
5: congratulations, guys. Yeah. I mean... <laughs>
6: <laughs> Back to the
0: question i, I like i was saying do you do you, do you really think that you really think that if you were if you were to do a tally although it'd be a, pretty much impossible, I have a hard time thinking that in zach 's life there'd be more bad bad situations and bad actions than good ones well here's if you if you look
7: at the weight of it, if I punched you in the face versus buying you a chocolate hmm. okay, how many chocolates do I got to buy you to actually? cover the damage done by punching you in the face and and yes that's a simple little thing but you go so far as to say um you know i steal something from you what does it actually take to then build trust what does it what does it take to outdo
0: the bad with good it always takes a lot more good to outweigh the bad. No, I think it I think it really depends on the condition. For example, you steal from me, it really depends. If you open my wallet, take out my money and run out the door, that's theft. But if you happen to pick up my pen and put it in your pocket inadvertently, you still stole from me. But it's a completely different type of theft. And you come back to me and say, oh, Kev, I'm so sorry. I grabbed your book by mistake. Here, it's back. It's not going to take anything. It's just going to take you giving me the book back for me to say, hey, no problem, Zach. Don't worry about it. Well, that, that's,
7: again, there's scope for sure. But
0: um, in your
7: mind, if you saw me take something out of your house and I didn't say anything and I never said anything... Um, what would it take for, for the good that I do to actually outweigh that bad?
0: Like I said, it depends on the intent, right? If you actually, if you actually decide to uh, steal my laptop, you have the intent of taking that laptop and running away with it. And, and Because I have been victim of theft. I understand that. It would take a lot for me to trust you, absolutely. But there are different levels of... I really, I really doubt that in your life, from what I know of you, although we're... we're, we're New bro, romance and all that. But I mean, uh, from what I know of you, I really have a hard time thinking that Zach is one who purposely, on a regular basis, does bad things.
1: Can I can I, I jump in here for a second? Yeah. I just have a question. So, in and in your looking at good deeds versus bad deeds, do you look at it as the repercussions those deeds will have, or what your God looks at as those deeds? Because, like in 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 the Bible um it's like one of like the things you're not supposed to do is like lie but there are some lies that have exponentially good result from them but there's some lies that will have terrible things that happen so like in that do you look at the results versus the action
7: well i think i think um Here's where i'm gonna I'm gonna go back to something Kevin said, and I kind of skipped over mm-hmm. it um I didn't see it as the point of the conversation quite yet, but it is um and that goes to intent mm-hmm. um I think that first of all, when we're talking about good be good deeds and bad deeds um I am going back to a biblical standard, and biblically speaking, sin isn't necessarily the action but it's the heart um if my intention is to hurt you, that's a heart thing, and maybe what I do doesn't even hurt you, it's still wrong. Um, if my intentions are to do something good and it does hurt you, well, that's but, not but, actually sin, that's not actually a bad deed.
1: But if what, what if you have someone who, like, thinks... Because you have people, you have mothers, that their intention is to like save their children from hell so they'll murder their children in the intention to save them the possibility of like committing sin so because they want their children to go to heaven like their intent is good but then they're still committing a sin
7: what i would say the sin would be is that they are not putting their heart into trusting god and
1: um but but in that that's their children, their pos- their children's possibility of either rejecting a god or like giving their life to them—that's not on God. That's on their children. So it's more they wouldn't be trusting their children,
7: right? But they're also trusting that they're not like a, a biblical story is Abraham goes into Egypt with his wife and he lies to Pharaoh saying that this is his sister, not his wife, yeah. because he is afraid that. Um, They'll
1: kill him and take his wife.
7: Exactly. But God chastises him for not trusting that God would protect both of them. The sin there wasn't the lie necessarily, because the lie was meant to protect. The sin was that God, or that Abraham was not trusting God. That's the sin. That's why it's wrong. The action was wrong, but the why is different than maybe you thought.
0: I don't know. Sounds like a big judgment on God's part for something that everybody would do very easily, especially in the presence of a harsh military dictator, (laughs) like a pharaoh.
5: So when when you are debating... A particular action as to whether or not that action is um, good or bad, do you go through a mental process of saying, what would God want me to do, and then make the decision I, I I'll do this because according to what I know about God, this is the right thing to do versus the bad thing to do? Or do you assume any personal responsibility in making that choice?
7: Well, this this all kind of stems from the idea of, of Christianity as a relationship. Um, God has given the Old Testament, and the Old Testament shows a bunch of laws and decrees and things you have to do and not do. Um, and I would say, from my understanding of, of Christianity, the Old Testament is actually God putting his heart on display and saying, this is a list of things that I, I like, and I, I hope you pursue the good things. Um, if you pursue the good things we can have a relationship if you pursue the bad things your heart is against me. Um, and to that to that degree it's kind of like um if you have a couple a man and a wife and um and, and sorry I'm I'm going very specific with a man and a wife no cuz that's from the bible oh, okay. but you have your um your man and he's going to his wife and she's she gives him a list a list of things she likes and doesn't like um and he does all the things on that list. She doesn't like. How long are they going to be together?
1: But the difference is in this we're talking about in in extrapolating that to God and humanity. That wife would then burn her husband for eternity. Like if there there is a difference with what the God. Okay, is you're, doing you're, to jumping, the pe-
7: you're jumping to the bigger the bigger scope, obviously, and that's fair. Um, basically. You, if from that perspective, you also have to realize that I come from a point where God created all that is, and if God created, He also can destroy. Why can't He?
0: Mm, okay, Chris. Chris, I'm going to ask you a question. Oh. Do you do you think people are inherently sinful or inherently good? Inherently sinful. Really? What what brought you to that conclusion? Uh,
5: Hanging around us.
6: (laughs) I wasn't going to say anything.
5: (laughs) I can read your mind.
6: (laughs) I mean, short answer, it seems to be what the Bible teaches. Mm -hmm. And I've got reasons that I trust the Bible, since I would trust what it says that way. Um. Yeah, I
0: don't know. Maybe if is there? I mean, has, has that really been your experience in your life? Have you ever you thought that um, that that most of us are sinful? Or... Can,
7: can we can we quickly before we jump into that define what sin is?
0: You know, that's an excellent question because I oh never get God. a proper answer
6: to that. Well, please give me your definition of sin. Um, well, it's, sin literally comes from uh, an archery term, and it means. Uh, when the archer would fire his arrow, if he missed the target, it meant that he missed. Or if he missed the target, that would be called sinning. So, if you think about God's law or commands as a target, sinning would be missing that mark. So, if you've lied, if you've cheated on your spouse, if you've so sinning is something that displeases God.
7: Yeah. Can, okay. To take that just quickly into the 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 analogy I was kind of building before, mm-hmm. um, sin is when your heart is against. God, um, it's basically when you are in when you're intentional about going in a direction other than the direction God wants you to go.
0: Okay, and you 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 gentlemen feel I don't know if exactly you feel the same way as as Chris there, but you guys feel that the average Joe, me, Nancy, whoever, the guy across the street, the guy next door, and all that are
6: inherently more sinful than good. Can I can I share an example? I was having a conversation with an atheist at uh, swing dancing, and he was trying to convince me that he was not inherently sinful. Uh And one of his points was, I follow the Ten Commandments. Can anybody here tell me why an atheist might not be able to actually say they don't follow the Ten Commandments? Sorry, so if somebody can tell you if the the atheist can do what can't follow all of the Ten Commandments. Well, well we can't
0: because we can't yeah,
5: because there's just... there's the God part in there. <laughs>
6: exactly. Right. Have
5: to believe in God.
6: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And in the Bible, belief in God it is or non belief in God is considered a sin. Mm. So even if we're just going down to the bare basics of the fact that not everybody does believe in the Christian God that would be a sin. Okay. So staying on the sin there, and going back
0: to what uh, Zach was saying, um, are there different levels of sinning? I mean, is belief, uh, I mean, and, and, and are they all on the same level? For example, is killing the same thing as not believing in God? Or is believing in God a lesser sin than, than killing, for example? And if so, how do you repair, like you were saying, you know, how do you rebuild that trust?
7: Um, what I I would say to that is there's um, like if it comes back to the heart again if your heart is against something um, for instance um, if you (laughs) uh, I don't know how to make an analogy for this off the top of my head but for for the idea that there's different levels would come from how much you go against it really Um, if your heart is Uh, negative towards something Mm -hmm. you're going to how your actions actually don't make the difference I understand that so um, are there different levels of how much you want to turn and go away from God well the, the, yeah, the heart of
0: it really would be the same. I think. Well, let, let's let's take the sin of not believing here because we're talking about that, right? I don't think you can uh, talk to any of the atheists here in this room and say, "Are you against God?" That's not the case. We're actually quite neutral about the idea. We're just not believing in the existence of it. And I think that's one of the problems a lot of Christians have. They look at atheists as rebelling against something they know. No, it's just they're not convinced. is such a thing. There's a huge difference. I mean, if Jesus was to walk in right now and uh, transforms the nachos into loaves and fishes and all that, I'd be the first one to say, oh, geez, there he is. He's on my back. It wouldn't
1: even need that. It would just need evidence that can follow the scientific method because the thing is, you have to be able to see... Because the problem with... Some people who are like, oh, well, you know, I have an experience with God. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to take it, prove it outside of yourself. Yeah, exactly. You can't just be like, oh, well, I had this experience. I have, I understand it. If it's you can't prove can it. Can I ask
7: a question about sure. that? Yeah. Um, if the miraculous is the proof of the divine, how does science ever prove a miracle?
1: Well, I, my question would be is when you look back through history, there have been so many things that have been divine miracles, have, yeah. have been attributed to demonic um, intervention that through science, we have been able to show what it actually is. And I, my question would be, where is that line that science in a thousand years will be able to still not reach.
7: There's there's a fundamental problem when you talk about going back into history to prove that miracles weren't miracles. And the reason is, is because in historicity, Mm -hmm. the most probable is what gets counted as the most historically accurate. Miracles, by definition, are not probable. And because they are not probable, um, (laughs) history doesn't... Say that they happened because our historic method involves like i said it 's the mo- things that are the most probable, so if you look at it, something that happened in history and the historical evidence around it um, and and we we had the discussion about the resurrection um, regarding basically this material, and the information around the resurrection. It doesn't seem that there's another probable explanation other than a resurrection. Well, but I, I but would, going, to, going yeah. to, to any miracle, to say, to, to say, um, let's say yesterday I had my leg healed. Okay, it was broken and it, I, it got healed miraculously. For you to use science to disprove that would be impossible. Impossible, unless you had... Um, science somehow proving that my legs. Well, broken in, in and that instance, I sho- would
1: I would require you to prove that it happened. I would be like, okay, I want your like the X ray of it broken, and um, the next day you're going back, and it's fixed now.
3: I I think I think you're talking past each other here because, Zach, if I can show through science that something is possible, and you describe a miracle that fits those conditions, then I can with. With that possibility, I can say, you know his little miracle could have happened, but it didn 't have to be a miracle. Take the burning bush, yeah. the burning bush is one of the big ba- oh, that burning bushes don 't just appear well, apparently, there is a bush that will spontaneously combust in that region. Well, guess what you just you just showed evidence because you have modern evidence that says that that is a possibility that somebody could have. Could have seen this. It could have been something right? to the story. There could have been something to that story. So saying that you can't reproduce the miracle itself doesn't mean that the miracle didn't occur or that it's not there's not a scientific basis behind yeah. it.
0: Well, what you're I think, what Scott is trying to say here just before. Sorry, Chris, I'm interrupting you here. Is oh. Scott is not doubting your experience; he's questioning your conclusion of it.
1: Oh yeah, that definitely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah thank you, Kevin.
6: Chris. Uh, Question and a comment. So, Scott, with that uh, bush that that spontaneously combusts, is there anything left of it after it combusts? I don't know. I haven't read that far into the... Okay, because, see, it's not just like the... um, Just a little bit of exegesis here. But it's not just the fact that the bush was on fire that made Moses go oh my gosh, a bush is on fire. He didn't actually see it combust. There wasn't anything to do with that. He came upon it and he said, it's not burning up. That's what amazed him. He knew that bushes could catch on fire. He knew that bushes burned. He lived in a desert. The chances are he's seen more than one fire. It was that he was realizing, well, shoot, they usually don't stay in one piece after they catch fire. Don't
3: know the conditions. Don't know what the actual uh, end end game was there. I don't know,
6: no, but but, that's,
3: but they've found that a burning bush is not impossible.
6: That's fair. Okay, but the thing I don't I'd be interested is if they found one that stays intact. I, I don't know. It. I I have well, also that also any.
0: you have to argue that uh, the, the the story as it's told, which has been retold and recopied many times, might not be the original story exactly. Either.
6: I'll grant you that for this, but. My point with it is, is that, and I think this touches on what you were asking, there's a difference between God of the gaps arguments mm-hmm. and the miracles that we're talking about. C.S. Lewis said that Christianity is actually one of the few religions that are actually, there, it revolves around our miracles. Not many others are actually based on the miracles that they claim. Now, God of the gaps would be saying, oh, there's wind, God's breathing, it's a miracle, that's the sort of stuff that science has disproved, I'll admit. But see, there's a difference between what... Uh, that would be called pantheism. Or, yeah, pantheism, where God is literally part of the creation.
1: Mm-hmm. I think panthe- pantheism is when there's multiple deities.
6: It's, no, that's polytheism.
1: Oh, you're right. You're totally right. Thank you.
6: Yeah. So, that's not the type of God that we believe in. We believe in a God that transcends. So... Um, He put the created order in place, but he is not the created order. So therefore, we're not looking for God specifically to explain, you know, for for like breath for wind or his shoulders holding up the earth, whatever. We're talking about things in motions, then he stepped back. Yeah. And we still believe he controls the things. But I mean, a transcendent being, you wouldn't necessarily. How does he
0: control these things? Does he use some kind of technology or is it simply something you can reduce it to magic?
6: Is power, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) If you want to call it magic. How would you describe that power? Powerful. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't know. Like, I think about, okay, for example, the best example I can use is you have a computer, right? Uh Let's say you built that computer. Yeah. You can manipulate it. You could... Uh, modify it you you, because you know it so well you designed it yeah you can control it and do it with it whatever you want to yeah now here's the thing with the exception of maybe dna samples or whatnot if i was to look into that computer i would not actually find you in that computer no because you're outside outside of it yeah but that doesn't mean you have no control over it. No, 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 no.
0: Yeah, I understand what you're saying here, but it's, uh, that wasn't really my question. My question is, if I'm building this computer, I'm using physical tools to assemble physical materials and throw an electric current. I'm just wondering, how does God manipulate things? I, I don't know. Okay, okay. That's fair. That's, an, that's a fair answer. Mm-hmm. It's a fair yes. answer. It's, a, it's an honest answer.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, But a, a question going back to talking about miracles that I was curious, because you were saying like, Looking in history and um, through, uh, like through the Bible, and like they say that there was these miracles performed. Would you look at the same thing in other cultures where they also say miracles were performed, such as like you look at Druids or Chinese um, uh, like religions, and where they have similar things Hinduism. happen? Would you not have to then grant them? The same weight as you do your own religion.
6: Miracles in other religions would not disprove Christianity. Um, there's examples in the Bible of God doing miracles with non-believers, like you look at the story of Naaman who is healed of leprosy. Um, I think I think what Christina is asking
0: is Christianity says there is only one God. If you accept miracles in other religion, that kind
6: of disproves Christianity's claim that only being one God is not. But the other thing is, so it could be the actual God doing it and people misunderstanding it. Mm-hmm. Or two, we also believe in spirits that can do counterfeit signs, can do counterfeit miracles. So like, there's like, that option, like bad spirits, like like demons, kind of thing. Demons, yeah. Okay. Um, there's also times where, like for example, Mohammed, he was supposed to have split the moon. Um, we obviously know that that didn't happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of disconfirming evidence too for a lot of these miracles.
1: Well, and then there's also a lot of times where we can look at, like Scott was saying um, about, we can look at the what they said happened, and we can match it up with things that we can do scientifically now with different like say there's like they in the in the history that's like they made this explosion and with lots of light and sound. And we could now go and reproduce that same thing with science through using chemical reactions. Would you not look at that and be like, oh, well, we can prove that scientifically now. And, oh, it's probably they just used the science versus oh, it was a spirit.
6: Well... It depends, I guess. Like, for example, with the resurrection, I won't launch into my full argument mm-hmm. there. No, we don't have time for that.
5: That's <laughs> a, that's, that's that's the next show closer to Easter.
6: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome to do again. But no, like, as far as I understand, scientifically, we know people don't come back to life. Exactly. Like, yeah, no.
1: it's so, never happened. Well, like, we, there's, no, there's never been a provable time that it's happened.
6: But I would actually argue...
1: And I, sh- <laughs> I, I should say that... And we're talking about like three or like a day and a half with how long it... The the Bible says Jesus was dead for.
6: Right. But like at least as far as I can tell, there is a lot of evidence that actually points to it having happened. And the resurrection was for Christians the foundational event Mm -hmm. of our beliefs. Yeah. So if it
1: happened... Yeah, because that's when... Christianity branched off from Jude Judaism.
5: Well, well Chris, what what would have to happen or what evidence would there have to be for you to start to doubt that Christianity is true?
2: That's a good I mean, question.
5: what I mean it, it just doesn't What would it take to, to change what would your it position? take? What would it take for you to suddenly start to think, well, maybe my my belief is falsifiable?
6: Uh, for example, if Richard Carrier was actually proven to be right and Jesus didn't exist,
5: and and what would that take? What evidence would there? I mean, is there anything specific that would
0: Jesus's mummy?
2: <laughs>
6: yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. For the sake of argument, if he was historical person, actually finding his body and being able to verify that 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 it's there. That would be a defeater for my beliefs because mm-hmm. that would mean that he stayed dead he wasn't vindicated but
1: then could just make yeah. I'm, I'm curious if if say you found the physical body of Jesus Christ couldn't you just then say that oh well when he rose to heaven he left his body and his spirit ascended that would like couldn't couldn't you just kind of work it into some people your would do that belief system
6: absolutely see the problem is is that that <sighs> I I understand what you mean with that. But it wouldn't be an actual resurrection the way that Christians and Jews meant. it.
1: Well, no, what I mean is he could have resurrected, but then when his soul have separated from his body and left his body and then they could have like mummified it.
0: She's got a very good point. Um, Christianity has a history of being very malleable in that sense. I mean, for the longest time, uh, Genesis was literal until we realized that it can possibly be literal. Now, it's a metaphor, well, I mean, it, we
7: look at something like evolution, mm-hmm. and as the science starts to come out, um, people start talking about it, and then it's almost as like the the six day creationists didn't even have to voice themselves until evolution came out, because before that, that's all anybody ever knew. Yeah, exactly. Um, but um, Chris has a, a quote. Uh, who's it? Saint Augustine. Saint Augustine, and it's actually. Um,
0: not that guy again. <laughs> <laughs>
7: kind of, kind of predating the idea of evolution and saying that actually, hold on a second. We as Christians aren't using the Bible as a science textbook. Um, that's. Before this craze of evolution came out, and before Christians had to try and work with the science that's coming out today, um, there were already Christians who were going, hold on a second, this is never meant to be a science textbook.
5: So are you, are you do you believe in, evo- are you an evolutionist?
7: Honestly, I'm not a scientist, and though people ask me my beliefs on evolution versus creationism... Um, I grew up believing firmly in the idea of six-day creation. Um, I have seen a lot of science that has made me question that, but I've also seen things in the science that I've questioned without having um, feeling like I've had a satisfactory answer for some of those things.
6: Oh, really? I would really at the moment.
7: At the moment, And I'll, I'll gladly share some of those. Sure, there, but, sure, sure. Um, yeah. At the moment, I would say. I'm somewhat undecided on the idea of whether it's evolution or six-day creation. I'm not taking a hard stance on either side. Yeah, yeah, that's that's um, fair. I, I'm totally open to learn. Um, and I've I've been talked to by Chris, Christian evolutionists. Mm-hmm. And I've been talked to by Christian six-day creationists. I've been talked to by atheist um, evolutionists. And I've even met an atheist non-evolutionist. Um, and basically, I just haven't... Got enough science knowledge to figure some of these
0: things that's out. That's totally understandable.
7: So
5: there isn't anything specific that would bring you over to your uh, belief in, in evolution. At this point, you just haven't put it, all the science together to to make that way more than than I think the faith. That's, that you that's
7: probably a fair fair. Um,
5: that's
3: awesome. Okay. Zach, no,
5: that's good. No, no. Zach, your
3: your 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 viewpoint on this is actually technically awesome because you're you're a skeptic at heart yeah, yeah. and what you're saying is That's i don't it. have i don't have the knowledge or definitive evidence to say one thing or another I can feel the
0: romance I, going I,
3: I, I'm I'm it's starting to our fall our in family love family. with you my
2: friend.
3: <laughs> stop <laughs> crying over there Christine. Uh, I saw I, that I, uh,
1: that wasn't a cry that was a face palm <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, I, I think I'm blushing uh, a, a drama. little bit there, <laughs> but, uh, guys he's never no, going to come that's, back that You're is scaring an awesome, him you see because you have an opportunity <laughs> to learn and show the rest of us up Because I've well, for, formed my opinions I'm stuck in my line of thinking I call myself yeah, a skeptic not. but I'm not See, you, see for friend, me, with, with me with evolution I've just read at,
1: a lot about it
3: You're looking at what's in front of you And going I don't know uh, i got to learn more And yeah. that is so awesome
0: Chris for, for example uh, used to be a, You used to be a Christianist right? Did you say Christian or creationist?
2: Christian,
0: oh. you're not a Christian <laughs> No, newsflash: yeah, you, 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 <laughs> you, you used to believe you used to believe in a, 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 a creation. Did you not? Yes. Yes, and now, of course, right now you've you've changed your mind. You you, you accept evolution. Yeah, and I, I congratulate you for Yay. that, sir. Uh, <laughs> And, and uh, for me, for me, I mean, it, it was always very simple because, you know, I mean, the Human Genome Project, which I'm, f- I'm quite sure you guys are familiar with, mm-hmm. which was, of course, headed by Francis Collins, which actually turns out to be a Christian, mm-hmm. uh, proved, is uh, it t- 2001 Scott or 2011? Uh, I thought it was 2001, but... Could be uh, okay. Maybe it's twenty eleven. Yeah, anyway, it doesn't like it's matter. Twenty eleven. Doesn't matter. You know, he, he the DNA proves in our in our system in our chromosomes. The DNA proves there was never such a thing as two human beings on the planet. The lowest number of uh, I think of, it was
1: like thirteen thousand.
0: Somewhere between thirteen and twenty thousand. Yeah. We actually came very close to extinction ourselves as a species. Yes. Yeah. And the DNA actually proves that. So that to me, right there,
2: mm-hmm.
0: relegates Adam and Eve to metaphor at best. Yeah. At best, right. And of course it causes another problem because if there was no Adam and Eve, there was When's no original sin. If there was no original sin, then what was Jesus coming here for? <laughs> Sorry. Feel free to answer that if you want.
1: Just, just so the listeners can understand, we all just kind of turned our heads, Chris. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, uh,
6: can I read a quote quote referenced? Uh, You're not going to quote Augustine or... Yes, of course he is. (laughs) I think you guys might actually like what he's saying though. So it says A non Christian knows something about the earth, the heavens, and other elements of this world, about the motion and orbit of the stars, and even their size and relative positions, about the predictable eclipses of the sun and moon, the cycles of the years and seasons, about the kinds of animals, shrubs, stones, and so forth. And this knowledge he holds to as being certain from reason and experience. Now, it is a disgraceful and a dangerous thing for a non-Christian to hear a Christian, presumably giving the meaning of Holy Scripture, talking nonsense on these subjects. The shame is not so much that an ignorant individual, the Christian, is derided, but the people outside the household of the faith think of our sacred writers holding such positions. So, I think that's a pretty good tie into to this whole creation-evolution debate. Obviously, they augustine knew there was things about the bible that were not scientifically accurate Mm -hmm. and even six-day creationists know that because in the same chapter you've got of genesis that teaches six-day creation i'll jump in
1: here though not all six-day creationists because my parents think think it is totally scientifically accurate they're crazy though so that's a (laughs) sample
4: if you ever listen to the show you've heard that many many times
6: (laughs) fair enough but even then you look at what they do then if they come across something that's obviously been falsified by science, like a flat earth or a dome, then what they do is they actually start reinterpreting those verses to mean something else. Or they'll say, well, that's obviously allegorical. But then they've contradicted themselves because they've said you have to take Genesis 1 literally, except we don't have to take it literally because... This is obviously false. I actually have more respect logically for flat earthers and solid sky people because they're willing to take their conclusions all the way through. But
1: then, but then wouldn't they also have to be stoning gays and burning witches?
6: What? Flat earthers?
1: Well, if, if he's, ta- if he's saying like he's more, you have more respect the, for people the literal who
0: Christians. take
1: it all literally.
0: Yeah. That, that brings me to my, maybe my next question.
6: Um, Do you guys still want an answer on the yeah. Adam and Eve thing? Cause, yeah. Oh, okay, sure. <laughs> um, So, at least the view that I hold of Genesis, it's called the archetypal view. Mm -hmm. Now, if you look at Genesis 1, the word that's used is Adam, but it's not used as a personal name for a person like Adam and Eve at that point. It's just the Hebrew word for humanity. So, all it says is that humanity was created in Genesis 1. Now, there's a guy named John Walton. Hold on, pause. When did that view come into into popular culture?
0: When did that view originate? The about the Hebrew word? No, no, no. no about about the uh, uh, Adam meaning humanity. Well, that's just what the Hebrew word actually means. No, but no. But I mean, the fact that you have adopted that view is not something. is not a view that came out in the thirteen hundred. Well, the, the thing right? is, it
1: might have been the original view, but then it changed to meet a singular person, Adam, and Eve. I just,
0: I just, I just want, I just want to find out if this view of the archetypal Adam, like you say, is something that came out after.
1: Science. Evolution. Science said, "Oh well, that could." As, have a, as a
6: response to the new science, S- technically, uh, the six-day creationist view is a very new view. It's about started in about whenever the real Christian fundamentalism started, hmm. and that was mostly a response to liberalism. But even Ken Ken Habs' thing, as much as he'd want you to believe it, is not even the oldest interpretation. He shall of shall not be named? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, That's okay.
7: I, I think. Christine, you said it right when you when you said it could have actually been the original meaning, and it was the original meaning of the word, which means that it could have been what the church understood for the first thousand years. But we don't know that. No, but we also don't know that they interpreted it the way we do now yeah yes.
1: well it's like if you um i'm jumping you to refer back to a previous episode we've done um around halloween we did an episode about um satan and the different words meaning different things Shetan. in the original yeah, El-Satan, interpretation meaning the
0: adverse, the adverse.
1: whereas if you look at those original words they didn't actually mean what we interpret like what today christians interpret them as yeah. they were never actually referring to like a specific person
6: that was one of my favorite
0: episodes. I know, that I love was amazing. That so guys,
1: it. go listen to it. <laughs> that
6: was <laughs> our but, Halloween special. But to tie into your, que- your question, what we're, this is based on is stuff that we've discovered about the ancient Near East, about the thought patterns and stuff. And one of the things they have noticed is that in almost no ancient Near Eastern cosmology... Has ever there been an idea of just two humans? Usually, it's an idea of like a whole group of people being created. And since the ancient Israelites did grow out of an ancient Near Eastern culture, it's a safe bet anthropologically that they probably had some of the same worldviews, just yeah. like they shared the worldview of like the solid sky, just like they shared the worldview so of flat earth. So, I'm
1: just going to jump in here for a second. Um, so, talking about if there was if there was if Adam never referred to one person or two people, and it's referring to humanity if you look at evolution when because the thing is with with the our human evolution there was never one person that started humanity like it was a very slow process and it was a million small steps yeah. so it was never well, this is when humanity started. You can look at, okay, well, this is when we started using what we can kind of think as words to communicate, yeah, and this is when
0: is we started,
1: yeah. like, drawing, or, like, we might have, like, used lines in the sand, or, like, so you, there's only very small steps. So, like, when in your belief, looking at, looking referring back to, like, the original sin, would that humanity have started?
6: Whenever God took that group of people and put His image into them, because that's where it seems to be like the real defining moment in Genesis is He made them in His image. So whether that means that He took whatever form of Homo sapien was around and gave them this thing that makes them distinctively human, but
1: but then you can also look. There was civilized, like, like there was humanity before like homo sapiens and there's there's off branches of what is a homo sapien that still had like culture like I, they they had false.
0: are you are you saying yeah. you, are you saying that god is anthropomorphic? is he actually have physical traits no um because when you see in his image what exactly do you mean do you want to take this one zach well I, to, to be to <laughs> be,
7: hard to be quite to be quite fair here um on this topic, Chris has actually been the one to educate me, so me talking is kind of counterproductive. But I'll give it a shot here. <laughs> just give me a break for a second. <laughs>
1: and, and, and can I just jump in here? Like when we're asking the questions, we're not trying to like trip you guys up. We're genuinely curious, like what you can do. That's, and
7: well, that's, and you, that's fair. Like, yeah. And this is um, this is something that um, as I'm, I've kind of trying to wrap my own head around things like evolution and um, the way things began. At least the theory that uh, Chris proposed. What was the name of the book? Oh, Lost World of Adam and Eve by John Walton. Okay. um, In that book, Chris kind of gave me a summarize because I don't read a whole lot. (laughs) Um, I'm too social for that, apparently. What are you uh, saying? (laughs) We'll skip that. Um, (laughs) No, giving kind of a synopsis of it, um, there were people living... Um, and God entered and said, "Okay, these people are going to be um, bearing my consciousness to some degree. Um, the The whole idea of um, who God is in having um, an understanding that is sort of beyond um, instinct."
0: Okay, so 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 God, if I understand what you're saying here, God came in and basically said Homo sapiens is going to be bearing my blessings, going to be my chosen people in a way. Yep. Right. So the, he chose Homo sapien over Homo neanderthalis. Yep. So and then I- and what makes the difference between sapiens and neanderthals? is it is it uh, for you guys as far as you concerned what what is the, what is the god difference that we have between these two species of humans
6: and i actually have to look into that one uh, as far as i understood though the Neander or what we are was seems to be the most advanced out of oh yeah i mean we we were
0: slightly and i mean very slightly
3: well, more intelligent but then intelligent.
1: you also look at there's a lot of humans that have Neanderthal. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Miss, miss All the Caucasians, sin. yeah.
5: Okay, so coming from a, the absolute stupid point of view, <laughs> and I'm I'm really good at that, if God infused Homo sapiens with divine consciousness, where does original, how can you have the divine consciousness and yet be born in sin at, at the same time? That, that I really...
0: Yeah, that, that's what I'm trying to figure out too, right? I mean, the, the Neanderthals were conscious as well. I mean, they had learned language as well. They had, you know, they had very, in just about all similar points, they were physically a bit different, maybe a bit slower than us mentally. So I'm, I'm, am just, I'm just saying, is is that difference in intelligence what that God connection is?
5: Well, my point is that if if God decided. That <laughs> that sapiens is it. They're, they're the chosen people. Mm-hmm. How could he give them the, this wonderful spiritual infusion and you turn around and say, yeah, but you got an original sin at the same time? I, 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 I have a hard time grasping well, how that well, works. I'm having
3: a hard time grasping the whole homo sapien thing because... I always thought that God was the God of the Israelites. The <laughs> oh, Israelites later. were
0: the chosen people of all of humanity. That's later. Right. Were the chosen species, and then the chosen people in the species.
5: Yeah, um, he's very selective. I'm, I'm, I'm being I'm, being there at the same time. I can verify. <laughs> <that>.
3: <laughs> Thank you, Nancy. Thank
6: you. Uh, oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> so so let's let's move
0: yeah, on on, on to what Nancy was saying about sin, and then let's let's take the the, the the fable of Genesis there and the Garden of Eden and all that. I got a. a this might sound like a very silly question, but I never actually got a good answer to this. Um, what was the purpose of the uh, the, the the tree of knowledge? Why, why, why would God, which is according to your definition, was be an omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, right? And why would why would the purpose of a tree of knowledge be? Does he need to eat a fruit once well, but, in a while? But then
1: it's also, do you guys believe in an actual tree of knowledge?
0: Yes, yeah. I've seen it. So 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 he he's got a tree of knowledge,
1: it's an but apple he knows computer. everything already.
0: <laughs> Does he need to eat a, a, piece, a piece of the fruit once in a while? No. So wh- why would he create such a tree?
7: Well, t- in the whole idea of of the fact that God, um, God is a loving God. He wants us to have relationship. Um, if there were no choices, we would be robots.
1: Wait can I can I can I just jump in here for a second? Um, so you said you believe in an actual tree. tree of knowledge
6: and tree of life.
1: So do you then believe in like the Garden of Eden? Yes. So in the Garden of Eden there was an Adam and Eve. Yes. So you, do you believe in an in an Adam and Eve two people yes. in a Garden of Eden that are secluded away from everyone else?
6: This is gonna. Can I have like a minute to try to summarize what I think on this one? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Go for it. Okay. So. Like I said, I do believe that humanity was created as a group. Whatever way the image of God works, I can't give like a very good, thorough definition right now. Mm-hmm. But one important point to make there is, from what we can tell of Genesis, it follows the way that ancient the way that it's, it's described that God creates the cosmos is the way that temples used to be built in the ancient Near East. And the very last thing that got put into the temple in the inner sanctuary was the image of the deity that the temple was built for. What was the last thing that was put into, onto earth during Genesis 1? It was man-made in the image of God. So, next you get the Garden of Eden, which seems to be the inner sanctuary of the temple cosmos. <coughs> and that's where he puts Adam and Eve in. Now, what I believe that they were, and this is where the archetype thing comes in, is they were priests to God, on behalf of the rest of humanity, and so that's a bit of a jump, no?
0: That's a hell of a jump to to make that assumption. Okay. I'm with Kevin on this one.
7: Hold, hold on, before before you're understanding that, like this is this is the um, the viewpoint of evolution and the Bible, and and how there's a, there's an understanding of how they work together. Um, and this would be the idea that. There were people already there. Yeah, God chose to put His Spirit into a specific, a
0: specific couple,
7: specific couple, um, and uh, all of that lines up with Genesis one. Okay, and it doesn't go against evolution at all. Um, this idea that now there is this couple that have the Spirit of God, and like Chris was saying, they are um, in in the in the manner that temples were built and the last thing put into the temple was the image of their God. Um, This would be the same idea that God put his image into the earth. Yeah. Um, And I don't see why that would be a jump, that they would be like the priest and priestess of this temple.
0: No, I'm just saying it's it's, it's an interpretation at this point. It's not something that's specified in the Bible in any way shape or form, right?
6: No, but it does follow archetypal other literature from the ancient Near East like a lot of this stuff is based on what we see as the general idea and then the Biblical author taking some of those ideas but reshaping them. Yeah. So although
0: although it's hardly a new idea, I mean anybody, any culture that's built temples, nobody starts with putting the deity and then building the temple around it. Yeah. They always start by building the temple, then finishing with the statue inside. Except for the Ark of the Covenant. (laughs) So so it's (laughs) it's it's it's, it's hardly a Jewish or Hebrew invention to to build a
6: temple like that. And I, I oh I'm not arguing that it is. I'm just saying that this is what. This is why we can make these sort of deductions as we look at what the general thought process was, was what the worldview of it was, and archetypes that, refer, that acted on behalf of the rest of humanity was also something common in ancient Eastern thought. <coughs> so now, one of the things that really that I believe Genesis is about is about God creating the world, but then putting humans in place, starting at the Garden of Eden, and from there, working outwards to bring order to the rest of chaos. Because that is what a lot of ancient Near Eastern can, cosmologies can I are ask about. A
1: question? So, with the Garden of Eden, when do you think that happened?
6: I have not thought about that part. Because, that part.
1: like, if you look at the. The young Earth creationists they think it the Earth is like six thousand four hundred years old. Yeah,
6: that was
0: basically be, because of you going calculate back, the you know.
1: ages of like um like uh, generations and stuff. So do you like do you think that that happened six thousand years ago? No. Okay, so you don't think like the doing the ages and calculating the ages like I mean, gives you an accurate?
0: He said he said he's not a young Earth creationist right there. So. Well,
1: no, I'm just trying to figure out like because you have civilizations like the Egyptian civilization and the... Like, are, are you South asking America, how- It's like 10,000 years old. So I'm just trying to figure out like when that Garden of Eden happened, that the original sin and then the events of the Bible then followed.
6: Yeah, okay. So my, to be honest, genealogies and that I have not studied okay. enough on. Um, age of the Earth, not something that I've really looked into.
1: Well, this isn't Age of the Earth. This is like Age of like the... Garden of Eden.
6: Yeah, and so how about an age of ultra?
5: Well, Chris, <laughs> being that you are really open-minded, that you believe in evolution, that brings up an interesting question to me. In that, when Christina brings this up about when do you think this happened, and you haven't gone into it, does that kind of is that an intellectual? curiosity with you at this point to try and figure out you know how you know the age of the earth and all of those things and then try to line it up with your with the, the, the creation story
6: yeah I think that's the next step I mean I'm I'm very much a systematic thinker Yeah you are I try to focus on one question that I'm answering Yeah And then once I feel like I've got that down enough That I can explain it Then I try to move on to the next part Like this thing on Genesis This has been like a two or three year study Mm -hmm. Just looking at the first three chapters I know the guy whose theology I kind of accept Or like theological outlook I accept Has done work on the genealogies And how that all works together too So that's my next yeah, Point, but
5: yeah I think that would be now of course I'm I'm trying to run your life here but I really think that would give you a depth of of knowledge you know to be able to to combine the two cuz I think your mind is open enough and you're intelligent enough to be able to make whatever connections that are there I don't know how I mean speaking for myself I don't know how that would affect your faith one way or the other it probably knowing you would strengthen it but I would love to see you pursue that and uh, because I think it would be I think it would be a great thing for you to do for your own personal growth
2: I
7: agree I, I, I kind of I, ha- I have this question because I hear this from people who leave the faith a lot um, that one of the main reasons I think, Christine, you even mentioned it. One of the main reasons why people leave Christianity is because of the science that is taught. <laughs> um, in in light of the idea that there's a possibility that the science that is taught is accurate and the Bible is accurate, does that change your perspective of Christianity? Or does your Christianity now have other reasons why you also don't believe?
1: For For me, like... The science in the Bible wasn't the only reason that I didn't believe in the Bible because, like, I also, I think, like, the God of Christianity is just generally horrible being because of the acts this being has committed upon humanity. Mm -hmm. But the science in the Bible is a glaring, a thing that if a being was all-knowing, should have been able to get over and, like, been, like, okay well the earth's obviously not flat so you shouldn't write that in your book
2: yeah
1: or you know you shouldn't like this person is writhing on the floor they're not they aren't infected by a demon, they probably have epilepsy.
0: Yeah, if Jesus was the Son of God, how come he didn't know about a fig tree being in season? Or exactly. why didn't he invent the printing press or know that to, show the, or, or to spread his or word? Or know
1: that the whatever seed, I forget what it's yeah. called, is not the smallest why does everything seed.
0: That, why does everything that happened in the Bible happen in that little, very small part of land in the Mediterranean? I mean, there is nothing in the Bible that talks about what goes on in China or anything like that. Is is that all not your guys' understanding
7: of the world now put on to something that happened in the past and not actually... Like, to, to, I'm, looking, I'm hearing this and I'm thinking, okay, so you have... But,
1: but it's also looking at the Bible and looking at it, well, this is a book written by people in this time. This is their understanding of the world. And looking at it, these are people who are living in a war, warring nations. And they're... Because in the uh, early Testament... It, the God of the Bible is very let's go conquer our enemies yeah, and yeah. very it fits with what those people would most likely
0: The book be. is all too human to be divinely inspired. I mean, I could write a better book than the Bible, it's very well, and, and I can actually prove it. All I have to at, do is rewrite the Bible word for word and add, Thou shalt not rape kids, and it's or just thou shalt not rape yeah, and, and <laughs> Or that's,
1: own other be- And it's arguably a better book.
0: If it was divinely inspired, I shouldn't be able to do that.
3: Um, the interesting thing is, I think Zach 's question uh, comes up, are, are we not looking at this from our world view now? Well, that is exactly why the question arises. We know that there were civilizations in China and in India over two thousand years ago, over four, thousand years ago, and yet they didn't come to the same uh, this 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 Bible was only in that one little tiny area. In a great big world that a, had many peoples on it.
0: As a matter of fact, when uh, Christianity was introduced to the Chinese, that was one of the first questions they said. Well, why didn't Jesus come here? <laughs> and it's a valid question. It's an actually valid question. So now that we know,
3: we we actually have to ask that question. Like, okay, so where did this, and I mean, where did it come and from? And we
1: right? also have to look at it like this. If you're looking at the Bible as a God who is throughout all time, why didn't he bring... Mm-hmm the hum- better humanity to these people why did he say oh well you guys are, this is like you guys are living like warring nation, so I'm not going to tell you don't own other people. That like, sounds when, like when that, that is for us nowadays, it's
5: unthinkable.
0: Sounds to me like we're own that need sounds,
5: sounds like part two yeah, of, exactly. our, of our, like of our seminar. <laughs> I'm,
0: I'm just going to ask one last quick question to Chris, Chris and Zach. Um, do you guys feel that some, maybe some uh, stuff in the Bible uh, is written and could be very easily distorted throughout time? I want to give you a quick example here. Um, uh, several months ago, we we, we did a, an episode that was one of our stories of another. Brilliant moment, was a story of how a, uh, a, uh, lo- a local tribe in Indonesia found a sex doll that fell out of an airplane somehow, and they thought it was an angel. Within two months, they had dressed up the angel, they were feeding her food, and there were legends building around her already about how she was crying and some, some healings were happening because of a sex doll that tribe thought it was an angel. Do you feel that maybe after 2,000 years of the story of Jesus, that maybe a lot of it is very, very exaggerated?
6: no Um, there's we've got decent records for what went on at that time Uh, like as far as what the followers of Jesus uh, said that he did and said uh, closer than other biographies that we have for ancient historians now I'm not saying that we don't have a lot more evidence for other historians but as far as biographies go the gospels are pretty damn close to the events 40 years at the very most is not that far of a stretch. So the chances of things being as um, distorted distorted as that I don't think is very plausible. You're also looking at uh, manuscripts
7: and other things that from the earliest manuscripts that we found pieces of um, were constantly looking at the Bible compared to these old manuscripts and constantly finding out that the only differences are maybe a comma or a period or little um, words that haven't seemed to change the meaning of anything. The oldest manuscripts to the take the ESV or the NASB today, they're almost word for word. And, and so if you're talking about distortion from um, storytelling, in 2,000 years that hasn't happened because we still have the same accuracy is back then
0: uh, you and I certainly have not seen the same uh, data on that but anyway if, if
7: you show me the oldest manuscripts and how they don't line up with our Bible today that would be pretty impressive
0: okay fair enough I'll maybe take on that challenge
6: can I take can I add one last thing on that really quick bud there that doesn't mean though that teachings haven't been distorted by other people Mm -hmm. and one thing i wanted to point out even with that guy down south it's not really fair to equate extremists with mainstream teachings people can do stupid things it doesn't matter what group you're part of see how he looked at me right away when he said that (laughs) And on that note,
0: thank you so much, guys, for being with us on the show today. And what a conversation. We've almost got two hours of this going on oh, here. wow. Yeah, so... Huh. I they, know, I we'll mean... Have to, you'll have well, to come back for part two, for sure.
5: What, what we're going to have to do is divide this into segments and maybe do one on Original Sin and then do one on Resurrection. Yeah, I think, I you think know, idea, zo- Zone in on, exactly. on one topic. <laughs> so thank you for joining us today. You're, you're going to get Chris
7: prepared
0: then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Perfect. That's okay, I'm fine with that. Thank you for joining us On the show today You can follow us On leftofthevalley.com You can follow us On Facebook On uh, Twitter At LATV, uh Podcast You can uh, send us An email valley At Outlook.com You can send your Complaints to Nancy On the third floor <laughs> <laughs> Coming up um, next week we have our old friend David Fitzgerald. I'll be joining us Yay. for his latest Yay. book. And on the seventeenth, we'll be talking to Luke Fevren about uh, Christianity inserting itself in the school system, especially in the places out, like Alberta. Uh, on the twenty-fifth, we'll be doing a show live at the stage in Mission with uh, Dr. Drance and Dr. Del Rey about the whole LGBTQ thing. Hopefully, we'll put that to an end. <laughs> um, in <laughs> March. I
1: think you. I think you should clarify that. Yeah, the,
0: the bigotry. We're we're
1: we're not trying putting the to LGBTQ. Shine light yeah. on the science behind you, it. And she's how- saving my butt yet again yeah <laughs> so in March we'll
0: be talking to Rebecca Fox about her comic and we'll also be talking to Ira about biomimicry uh, I'm so excited that'll about that will be on the 10th Bio-memor. biomimicry biomimicry mm-hmm. so that'll be a very interesting show uh, and also don't forget to follow our sister show So You Think You're a Skeptic by our friend Tyler that plays on f- Facebook live
1: yeah
0: alright thank you so much guys anything else you need to add
4: play the new Harry Potter app uh, of course <laughs> it's awesome are you really surprised that that comes up at this point, no, Kevin? I mean, no, it's practically But it,
0: it kind of catches me by surprise every time, anyway, so.
6: Did she have to spell it out for you?
0: <laughs> Zach, Chris, thank you so much for joining us.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, it was really
0: see good to have you. Hope to you Thank, for sure, thank you so much, guys. Until next time.
4: so oh. hateful, but I swear to God, I find it disgraceful The thousands of children are raped by priests Keep it on the hush, don't wanna affect business, he loves money too much We know that they love the kids, but how the fuck can we protect them While they plan to molest them, we teaching them to respect them them, fuck that The system is broken down, working backwards And the only action of tactic I plan to practice now is to attack them The parties of God's hands are bloodstained Millions of murders by believers, and they're all in God's name let me take a sec, don't mean it sounds so hateful But I swear to God, unintended. I find it disgraceful That many atheists are told to be quiet You're not alone, speak your mind, time to let it be known I'm proud to be an atheist, a skeptic, a non-believer An infidel, a heathen, I call it how I see it I say it's ignorance and you just call it faith And unsubstantiated claims, that's something to be a